Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't, but I'm handling it. And one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives. Well, happy June, everybody. I cannot believe how fast time is flying by, but I am so excited to kick off this brand new month, and I'm even more excited to introduce you to the wonderful JC Dupree, who will be joining us for today's conversation. For those of you who may know, JC Dupree is an entrepreneur, influencer, and founder of the lifestyle brand Damsel and Dior. JC founded Damsel and Dior in 2011 as a passion project after working as a freelance website designer. Born out of JC's love for fashion, travel, and home decor, Damsel and Dior symbolizes a lifestyle. One where instead of feeling like a damsel in distress, you can feel like a damsel in Dior. And today, JC is here to chat about her first memoir, Liking Myself Back, an influencer's journey from self-doubt to self-acceptance. In the book, JC reveals the challenges she faced with sharing and curating content on social media that represented a fun, lavish, and glamorous life that wasn't always reflective of her reality. She also reveals intimate details of her life, like her journey to self-acceptance, the impact social media had on her marriage, her struggles with fertility and childbirth, as well as the role addiction played in her family life growing up. It's such a personal read, and JC's story of self-growth is one that I think so many of you are going to be able to relate to. I am just really looking forward to you hearing more about it. So you know what to do, turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy. Okay. Well, JC, I am so excited to have you on. I am such a fan of your work. I mean, your whole career on online basically has been so successful and to chat about this book today, liking myself back. I I loved it. It was such a great read and I'm just excited to chat about it with you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for reading it. I'm so flattered and humbled. I'm still like, can't believe people are actually reading my book. It's still very surreal. <laughs> it's such a weird feeling. Right. Cause I mean, it's your first, I mean, it's your first book, it's a memoir and it's, it's deeply personal as well. And a lot of the topics you address in it, I think so many people can relate to. So had you been sort of building the idea for a while, like what made you decide to, you know, launch the book now, write the book now? Yeah. um, Well, I definitely, it was always pulling at my heart to write a book and to to share my stories that, you know, I didn't always share on social media, such as, you know, what it was like growing up as a child of an addict or, you know, just other experiences that I had that are, that are included in the book. But um, as it pertains to the timing, it's just so interesting because every time I would sit down to work on the project as a whole, it just never felt like the right time. Um, I had been drafting different chapters and writing stories. I mean, I've always been a writer. I've, I've written in a journal my entire life, which is where a lot of the stories are coming from. But, um, every time I would sit down to kind of tackle it as a project and be like, okay, I'm going to like do the book project. I just never had like a button, you know, the story felt like I didn't have an ending. And I feel like 
memoirs, memoirs are really tough because, you know, it's the story still evolving, you know, where the, where the final chapter ended is that was really, I mean, gosh, what, two, two years ago, I think now at this point. Um, and so much has happened even since then, you know, we continue to evolve and work on ourselves as human beings. So it was, it was tough, but I have to say after I had my daughter June, um, it did feel like, you know, the end of one chapter and the beautiful beginning of another and, and a, a big chapter in my life. So I felt like that kind of gave me um, somewhat of a closure on on old JC and, and new JC as we know it now. Um, but when I first sat down to write it, yeah, I didn't really like, I wasn't quite there yet, you know, in my journey. I mean, I'm still in it, but, um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I think what's so beautiful about it, at least to me, what I really enjoyed is that not only, you know, do readers get to see your growth as a human, um, but I think the topics that you discuss throughout it, I feel like everybody can sort of go along on this journey to growth. You sort of offer up these, these tools and insights that you learned along that journey. And I think a lot of people, I mean, myself included in the mix can really take a lot of that and, and, you know, incorporate that into our own growth. Um, so I, I want to get into the themes of the book and, and all of that, the different topics you address, but let's rewind and go sort of back to the beginning. Um, for those who aren't familiar with your career, um, like I talked about before, you have such an incredible career in, in blogging and, and influencing now with social media, um, but it's a career you've been invested in for over a decade now. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's really interesting to look at sort of just how, I mean, the digital the digital age, so much is different now. With Damsel and Dior, um, your blog then, if you wouldn't mind just, I guess, telling a little bit of background on how that came about and I guess why you, what made you decide to launch that and, and make that into your full-time career? Yeah, sure. When I graduated college, I went to college at DePaul University in Chicago. I moved from Texas to go to college in Chicago um, and I studied journalism and I had various jobs ranging from you know, working as a reporter's assistant. I worked in the PR team um, at Oprah Winfrey show for a bit. Um, and I was kind of hopping around, finding my my footing and my place. Nothing was nothing was really hitting a sweet spot. And I had some pretty incredible gigs. I worked for E News for a little while, and I'm like, why am I not thrilled to be walking to work every day, working for these incredible companies? Um, and I'm just the type of person who believes at her core that you should be waking up and doing what you love every single day of your life. That's my my dad demonstrated that growing up. He's a cotton farmer and he loves farming. He still does. Um, and so seeing that, you know, modeled to me at such a young age, it deeply ingrained into me that that's the way it should be. You know, we should wake up every day excited to go to work. It shouldn't be this like slog. So um, I knew something was a little off, but I kept, you know, I kept my jobs. I kept on my like career path. At the time I was working as a second assistant for Brian Grazer at Imagine Entertainment, um, which is when I started my blog and I kind of started it. Well, actually I started it when I was at E! News, but that's neither here nor there. But I started it when, you know, just that, that during that downtime in the office that we all used to have when we were working in corporate America, or if you still do, you know, those moments where you're just like, I'm done with work, but it's not five o'clock yet. And so what <laughs> should I do in the meantime? Well, I started my blog. This was 10 years ago. Um, blogging had like just started to pick up. Instagram wasn't even around at the time. And um, this was like way, way back. And um, over 10 years ago, actually, when I went on my honeymoon trip, um, my blog 
I was posting pictures from our honeymoon and really it was just like my mom, my dad, and my brother checking my blog every day. Um, just like seeing pictures that I was posting. One of the pictures was featured on WordPress, which is the website that I built my blog on and boom, I got like 3000 views that day. And I woke up that morning on my honeymoon and I just like saw that statistic. I'm like, what? Like grant. I was like, you have to come in here and see this like three thousand people came to my website today like it was the coolest feeling um and i just wanted to keep recreating it and it was for a photo that i took of a little girl outside of a temple um it had nothing to do with me and nothing to do with my marriage or what i was wearing or anything it just had everything to do with an artistic expression um and i just loved it and then i was hooked so when i came home from my honeymoon i just went for it and i was like yo we need a name for my blog i didn't want to call it my name i didn't really want it to have anything to do with me <laughs> here we are um you know i was very much behind the scenes geeking out to like the coding and the photography and i was posting like style tips but i was making collages i wasn't posting pictures of myself at all um, and my husband actually grant, he came up with the name damsel and Dior, um, because it was kind of a twist of, you know, my upbringing in which I never felt like I fit in. And I always felt like a damsel in distress. And so he's very good with names and he came up with the name and it just like stuck. I was like, it just like had a ring to it. We thought it was like witty and funny. And it, here we are 10 years later, I never in a million years dreamed that, you know, it would have led to this, but that's kind of how we, we got our start. Mm-hmm. And I, you talk about that in the book, so I don't want to spoil too much about it, but I, I loved that because you talked about sort of, you know, how you, how you guys both sort of came up with that name, but then your intention behind it with Danzel and Dior, what I really loved is that, you know, you talked about not really owning Dior <laughs> at the yeah. time of, at the time of <laughs> launching it. But yeah, you know, I was shopping at like old Navy and Zara and like doing looks for less. I had one designer handbag, which is also in the book I talk about. I was not, you know, I didn't come from money. I I was saving and, and borrowing clothes and yeah. So it's, it was also kind of funny that the blog name was damsel and Dior, because at that time I had never owned a piece of Dior. In fact, fun fact, which I just literally thought of, I haven't, I I think I've only ever really purchased like one Dior two maybe pieces from the store. And that, that happened like rather recently in the past few years, <laughs> I've throughout the career, love, love, love the Dior team. Cause they've sent me bags, which is so nice, but, but um, yeah, it was kind of like this cool, like little side story we had going to the idea behind the blog was that you should always feel like a damsel in Dior that you're wearing, you know, something like a Dior dress. And to never feel like a damsel in distress. So my my hope for the blog was that the people that came to visit it and read it, um, it would inspire them to to live their life that way every day, not just with the clothes that they wear, but you know the way that they live their lives every day. Definitely, which I think is so great because again, especially with designer, you don't always have to you know wear the actual labels to just feel good about yourself to look good. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, I love that sort of intention behind it. And then also like in the book, um, you know, talk, you talk about your career, but then you also talk about your sort of upbringing, which I'm sure a lot of people, I mean, myself included, wasn't familiar with that part of your life. Um, 
I thought it was extremely interesting and um, really incredible that you were sharing so much about, I mean, so many themes that are so important, so many topics that are so important, like mental health, addiction, um, your, your own parents' marriage, your marriage, um, certain problems you faced and sort of how you overcame that and, and the brighter side, like once you got to the brighter side, like what you took away from that, um, which I think is so powerful. So what was, because obviously you didn't have to, you know, sort of open that, those chapters of your life. What was sort of the reasoning for it? Yeah. I mean, I still ask myself that question now that the book is out. I'm like, why did I feel the need to open up about that? Um, but I think in a way it was very healing for me. I think in a, in a big way, you know, I've, I've given that a lot of thought because the stories that I share, particularly um, pertaining to my dad and I's relationship and, and his stories, some of those are very, very, very uh, vulnerable and, um, you know, private. And I, I talked to him about it and a lot. He, he was the first person to read the book multiple times, gave his very, very big blessing to, to share it. Um, in hopes that it would help others. And that really, at the end of the day, was my first and foremost goal. I didn't realize it at the time when I dove into the writing, how healing it would be for me as well. But I set out in hopes that it would help others because, you know, Instagram and social media is this beautiful space, right? It brings people together and it's created this wonderful life for me and my family personally, as I'm sure it's done for so many others, but it can also be such a, you know, a filtered lens as we see other people's lives, you know, even my own, my own personal experience when I was pregnant, seeing mothers become moms and how easy it looked. And, you know, they walk out of the hospital and they look fantastic. And like, that was not my experience. And I so desperately was hoping to see somebody else's reality um, and not just like the filtered pretty version. So um, I wanted to open up my door, you know, to parts of my life, our doors to parts of our lives, um, in hopes that it would kind of show that there's so much more going on behind the scenes, um, as to what you're seeing on the filtered life of Instagram. And as somebody who's like literally made her career out of it, um, I just, I was just hoping that it, you know, there would be some bigger piece of me that people can take away when all is said and done, you know, um, like what, what is my life's work? I'm just hoping that it's not a pretty picture. So that was really my main, um, inspiration was to hopefully just one person read it and feel like, you know, they've been there too, and that they're not alone. Yeah, definitely. And I think with just sort of what I took away from, I guess the book as a whole is sort of just this message of embracing authenticity, embracing the reality that you're in. Um, and I think tying it to not only just your career with social media, but just social media in general, like you said, it's, Mm -hmm. it's great, but I think the negatives that are within it can be sometimes that we, we use this, we use social media platforms as like this way to just upload this glossified version of our lives that sure, like, you know, a picture of me smiling can be a picture of me smiling, but sometimes, you know, people put stuff up when maybe you weren't smiling that day, or, you know, you you don't always show the messy parts of your life. And let's be honest, life is pretty messy. Um, And I just think it was so, um, so beautiful that you're able to, to sort of share all that, because like I said, you didn't have to, but I think it's really great that you chose to do that. Um, 
coming from, you know, having a career on social media where you're showing so many different parts of your life to sort of open up in this book about sort of the, the messier parts or the difficult parts that you experienced, I think was so great. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's not always the, the easiest thing to do, especially on social media. I feel like the book is in a way, um, not easier, but it's hard to tell a full story in one little caption under an Instagram photo. Right. So, you know, people are like, well, we wish you would open up more and like, tell us, tell us more, but it's tough because you're, you know, as much as I want to share on social media and be like raw and vulnerable, like, Hey guys, I'm having a cruddy day or like, you know, my daughter's doing X, Y, Z, or I'm just not feeling it. I don't know why it's just like this one-off like thing. And then you get feedback, right? You get the comments and they're like, you can do it and you feel better. And so it just feels like this one little like blip on the radar. Whereas the book, um, I hope it just paints more of a full picture. Right. So, and that's hard to do on a day-to-day basis. Like I can't sit here and tell you like, Hey guys, like the whole scope of what's going on in my life. Like today is very hard to explain on social media and like a caption or just like a 10 second Instagram story clip. Um, when you have so many, you know, people in your life, so many categories of different things that you're experiencing in life. Um, which I feel like is why books just in general, not just my own, but memoirs and books in general are, it's such a beautiful way to really capture a full picture story. Um, which was another reason why I wanted to write it. Um, you know, it's very easy just to like make assumptions and make judgments. Um, just try to like help somebody feel better. You know, a lot of times when I post something on Instagram, my, my beautiful audience, I love them so much. They, they want to build me back up and be like, you can do it. Like we're here. You post whatever you want to post. We're here. We love you. We love you. But like, even that sometimes you're like, I don't want to hear that either. I just want to be me. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you just have to sit in the crud and work your way through it. And there's Mm -hmm. no like fix for, you know, hard times. You just kind of have to like breathe through them and experience them. Um, so a lot of times when, when I'm going through something that's a little thicker, um, in terms of the muddy muddiness, um, I won't share it in real time, which you read about in the book. Um, I've learned that the hard way to kind Mm -hmm. of walk through the trenches a bit, come out the other side, see what we learned and then share it. Um, I've found that that is something that works really well for us, um, as a family unit and myself included, um, but yeah, so the book is kind of a reflection on the past 10 years um, and, and even a reflection on the childhood bit of it all as well. Yeah. And, and, you know, you also talk about in the book, just certain aspects of sort of being an influencer and trying to, you know, you, you talk about specific moments where you really struggled with trying to share things online and you weren't sure if, you know, the timing was right, or if you wanted to open yourself up or like expose yourself in that way. Um, a, a topic I really thought was interesting was when you talked about, um, your pregnancy with your daughter, June, and sort of announcing that to the public and sort of being hesitant to do so because of brand deals and how not just your audience would perceive sort of your the, being a mom, like stepping into motherhood, but how, you know, brands and companies you work with and work for would sort of um, look at that. Um, which is a shame that it has to be that way. And I'm sure this is like very similar for so many different industries, but it was interesting to sort of look at that with social media. Um, And, you know, talking, you know, back to to the last point you made about like choosing when to share things and keeping some stuff offline and not being able to say enough online. 
Do you think with social media, like right now in 2022, do you think it's getting better or is there still a lot more need for improvement with its capability to sort of, to show more, more realness and and start more conversations? I feel like it's gotten better and worse at the same time. Um, I feel like generally speaking, people who use social media are very, they're very, very, very comfortable um, talking and using their voice. I feel like what needs to improve is, is a filter. Actually, I think we need to start to implement a bit more of a filter. We were very, very, very filtered when we were all getting our feet wet. And now people are just so flippantly posting things without really doing any research, without really thinking about what it is that they're going to say. Um, listen, if I'm going to say something on social media, I want it to matter and I want it to count. So I'm not going to be that account that is posting about political views or, um, you know, social issues just while everybody else is posting about them. And anytime that I have done that, because I have, I regret it later. Um, because I haven't had the time to really educate myself. Listen, I'm not an expert in, in a lot, you know, so I'm not going to sit here and just like flippantly post about things in real time as they're happening in real time, um, which is a, a huge component, I think. Um, and a huge reason why a lot of people use social media, they use it as like a media source or a tool, um, you know, to vent or to get things up their chest or to comment on a post. I think it definitely has brought the world together. It's come, I think it's come a long way in the amount of people that it can reach the amount of lives that it can impact. I mean, looking at our world today and what's going on in it, um, in just the past couple of years with COVID and everything, I think it's brought so many people together. It's shared information very quickly, um, which can be a good thing, but can also be a very, very dangerous thing. So yeah, I think, Oh, I I think both, you know, I think it's, it's come a long way, but we have a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's a really great point. I mean, and I I've talked about this so many times with, you know, so many different sorts of working professionals on the podcast in the past, because I feel like every profession nowadays uses social media. And I just think is, I mean, then as just humans, we all have like personal accounts and ways we use it. And I think it, it really, I say this a lot, but it's a blessing and a curse, Um, It's a blessing in the way it brings people together, uplifts and highlights voices, um, amplifies discussions. Um, But then, you know, it's also a curse because for for a lot of different reasons, you, you know, because you're not always getting, you know, the truth, whether that be with just misinformation or just people spreading narratives that, you know, life is, life is perfect. Life is, you know, this glossified, um, perfectionist thing. Um, when in reality it's just not. And so there's, I think that's a great point. Cause it, it's really like a double-edged sword. You, you have the good things and you have the bad things, but what I like about, you know, your book and, um, liking myself back is that you, you sort of address those things and how you've sort of maneuvered your career through them. Um, so I guess, you know, diving back into, uh, your career with blogging and damsel and Dior after, you know, doing that for, for several years, you decided to, you sort of did it recreationally as something on the side, like a passion project that you loved. And then you decided to sort of, you know, push it to the forefront and step into it full time. 
Um, now you talked about in the book, sort of enrolling in coding classes and, you know, building a portfolio of, you know, working with others. Um, how was that stepping into it as a full-time career? And I guess like, what, what, what was your biggest takeaway from it? Yeah, you know, it actually felt quite easy. I know a lot of people struggle to take that chance and take that big risk to like dive into like something brand new. Um, but for me, it was, it just felt like the only way forward because I just, I loved it so much. And, um, I was still getting a study paycheck. I was designing websites on the side, uh, this like side business that I created called Jolly Bulldog. And so I was getting enough money to survive on the side. And, um, and so I was like, okay, like, let's see how long we can do this. But then I started to make a little bit of money off the blog and a little bit more and a little bit more. So I was like, this isn't, this doesn't make sense. Like I should just be doing this full time because I could actually make money doing this. But I know so many people that, that are very, very, very close to me who know that they would love to do something, but they just don't do it. Nothing infuriates me more. <laughs> I mean, even my own husband, Grant, I love him so much, but I'm like, then why don't you just do it? And he's like, because I just either X, Y, Z, either I think I'm not going to be good at it or it's too late. That's the big excuse. I, I'm too old and it's too late or, you know, there's too many people doing it. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is about the way my brain is wired, but like, if I want to do something, I'm just going to do it. I, I don't know. I'm call it greed or maybe it's just the Aries in me because we were, I'm an Aries. <laughs> but when, when I started my blog, I can't even begin to tell you how many people told me how crazy I was. They were like, you're doing what? Like this, you can actually make, you think you can make money doing this. And then they would tell me that the blogging bubble is going to burst. That was like a very popular saying back then. Like there's too many blogs. Why would you even bother? I was just like, I don't know. I like it. I just, I like it. I like it a lot. And like, why not? And there, there can never be too many, by the way, like that's like saying, oh, well, there's a Tiger Woods. So like, nobody else should ever golf ever again. Like, no, I just refuse to accept it. I don't expect to be a Tiger Woods, but you know, I mm -hmm. want to go out knowing that I loved what I was doing every single day of my life, like loving the way that I spend my time. So I think really at the, at the end of the day, if you picture yourself later in life, if we are all so lucky to, to end there, what do you want to look back and not regret? You know, what do you want to look back and feel good about? And for me, it's, I, I hope to look back on my life, knowing that I spent every day doing what I wanted to do, not what somebody else told me to do or what I thought I was supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. I, I could not agree more. Um, I'm also like an Aries as well. So I, I get it. I'm yeah. actually, I'm on the cusp. Um, I'm on the cusp. My nice. birthday was actually on the 20th. So I'm Happy on the cusp. Belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, I mean, I get that. I'm very much the same way. Um, I I've always sort of been that way and, um, not that that's the right way to be, but I, I just think that if, if you have something in mind, a passion, a goal, whatever it is, like you could come up with a million reasons for why you shouldn't do it. But at the end of the day, unless you go for it, you're never going to know what, you know, the outcome could or would have been. So, um, you never know. And then you also have to set yourself up for those once in a lifetime luck chances as well. Like, you know, being in the right place at the right time and having all of your troops ready to go just in case that moment does happen to you. Like imagine I'm going to use Grant again, bless him because <laughs> it's easy and I can pick on him. But, you know, if Grant wants to like be a professional golfer, 
but like, he's not going to the tournaments. Like how can he expect to ever just get like picked out? You know what I mean? Like, right. yes, there are thousands of golfers in the world. I'm using golf as a bad example. Cause that's actually like something you can't just like do without <laughs> being really good at, but you know what I'm saying? Like you sure. have to be in the right place at the right time. Yes. A lot of it does end up being luck. Like I was lucky. It was luck that I got invited to my first Chanel show. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have millions and millions of followers on Instagram. I was just in the right place at the right time. And I had enough mm-hmm. and I was in the game, you know, I was on the court. I wasn't on the sidelines. I wasn't at home. I was in Paris. I was there. I was at the door in the right place at the right time. But if I was in the right place at the right time without any following, without any blog, without anything to show like, Hey, I have this thing I'm working on. I'm passionate about it. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have gotten in. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think, you know, do as you mean to go. Um, and you gotta like start to build up that, like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a little bit of everything. I feel like you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. It's like, you, you have to have like a little, a little bit of confidence and belief in yourself to, like you said, to sell yourself, um, to go yeah. in whatever, like whatever it be your, your strengths, really your hard. passions. Yeah. It's, it that's, is. That's, that's the hardest part because I, in the very beginning too, when I started my blog, I wasn't like loud and proud, like, okay guys, like go see my blog. I was very private about it. I was embarrassed Mm -hmm. by it for a very long time. It took a very long time for me to be comfortable saying to the world, like I'm a blogger, hear me roar. Or like even calling myself an influencer feels very like self, uh, like serving in a way. I'm like, what makes an influencer a person of influence? It's just a weird word. Um, and, and that's okay. I think you can still go about pursuing something that you're passionate about without being so like loud and proud about it either. You know, mm-hmm. you can be like behind the scenes and quiet about it. I have a lot of girls coming to me asking me, like, I really want to start a blog. Like, what should I do? Should I hire a photographer? Should I do this? Should I do that? I'm like, just start a blog. Like I had mm-hmm. my blog for about two years before I ever took it seriously. I just blogged, you know, make sure you even like it. What if you start, what if you do all these things and you have the blog and you don't even like it, you know? Um, so just start to get your feet wet and actually pursue it. Yeah. I know. Speaking, speaking from experience when I, you know, when I first had started the idea for handling it, I didn't know a thing about podcasting. I just knew that I wanted to make something and I wanted to make it now and, and just put something out there into world into the world to say, like, I did that. Yeah, no, it's a great example. Grant and I thought about starting a podcast once upon a time. We started one. We just like did it from our house. We didn't, my management company, um, they are, they do dear media, like a huge podcast thing. I didn't tell them we were doing it because I didn't want to like sign any, I didn't want to make a huge deal. I'm like, let's just see if we like it. And we hated it. (laughs) (laughs) We hated it. I wish I liked podcasts because it sounds so cool and it seems so easy. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, you could just be in your pajamas and like interview people with your headphones from your house. Like how easy we should just have a podcast. Like, yeah, nope, it's not easy. It's actually (laughs) really hard. And it's a lot of work and I'm not good at it, <laughs> which is, which is why it's good to sort of like go, go into it quick before, like you said, putting in so much, you know, effort and yeah. energy into something and then being like, Oh, you know, I, I don't like Make this. sure you like it. Yeah. Make sure you like it and then get into it and then you can invest in it. And yeah, if you build it, they will come so funny, <laughs> but yeah, I, I loved that. And like I said, there's just so many different things you can, I, I feel like so many people can pull away from this book. Um, and when it comes to self-growth, especially, 
Um, and one, I guess, to sort of conclude on this sort of note, because you talk about the pandemic and, you know, you talk about um, the birth of your daughter and sort of also like going into the pandemic then um, back in 2020 and, and what that sort of all taught you, um, you yourself as a family. And I, I think for so many people, myself included, um, the pandemic, it was just like a big learning lesson on what we value is, is individuals and, and personally on a personal note. Um, it just put things into perspective, like just bringing everybody all together, everybody struggling through so many different things. Um, it just really put a lot into perspective and you talk about that and how it sort of like set you on a course for sort of reevaluating the things that are important to you. So I guess with that said, how has that sort of journey been the past, I guess it's like, you know, a couple of years, two years now, how has that all been um, on your end? Yeah, no, I'm glad you asked because when I wrote that chapter, the pandemic was not, I mean, it's, it still is currently as we tape this, it still feels like it's still just, you know, still going on mm -hmm. and it's hard to reflect on something like, as I said earlier, when you're still very much in it. So that was, it was challenging, but I wanted to, I wanted to take the book through that because it did feel like such a pivotal time for, for myself, obviously for everyone else, but it, it I felt it necessary to somewhat touch upon, um, you know, what it looked like being an influencer during the pandemic and posting about the BLM and everything that was going on. Um, because it was very, 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 very challenging. Um, and I'm still like reflecting, you know, mm -hmm. and still kind of like, wow, um, as we all are as to that over the past couple of years, it's just been insane, but, um, I think really, I think it was the beautiful thing. And, and for, for Grant and I, we are so, so, so incredibly lucky that here we are in 2022 and we are healthy and um, our family is okay. Our extended family is okay. We have a house, we have a roof over our heads. I mean, really at the end of the day, um, gratitude is, is in our hearts. And at the beginning of the pandemic in, in 2020, I mean, you should have seen my calendar. It was right back where it used to be in 2017, where I was like, all right, we're going to Paris fashion week. We're doing New York fashion week. June's going to stay home with the nanny. We're going to do X, Y, Z. We're going to go on this trip. We're going to go on that trip. Like we were ready to rock and roll. And I thought I had changed after having a daughter. I thought I had like, oh, family's everything. And I, I did. It really did. But it also took the force and magnitude of the pandemic to beat me down into submission. I mean, being pregnant and having a child did that to a degree, but a year later, I was just right back up to my old antics of, you know, chasing the dragon and planning, planning, planning and okay, 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 let's go, 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 go. How quickly that came back, you know, after what I thought was a huge mm -hmm. pivotal life moment, having a child is a huge moment, but it really did take the pandemic to force me, literally force us to sit still for a very long time and not do a damn thing. And mm -hmm. for that, I am very thankful, very thankful because now our lives look very different than they did. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I mean, I'm doing yoga three or four times a week, which is new for me. I used to hate yoga. Now it's like, I can't get enough of it. I love yoga so much. Um, I practiced yoga several times a week. And 
and by practicing yoga, I'm taking that practice into my day-to-day life. And it's just, our lives are just slower, you know? And I, I love it. Like, I don't want, this is horrible, but like, I don't really want to be traveling that much right now. I know that sounds like (laughs) crazy. We've got the the book tour coming up on the horizon. I'm going to be going to New York, Chicago, Dallas, we're hopping around. And I'm like, it kind of gives me a little anxiety to be leaving my, my nest here. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, I really, it really, it was so in our face, you know, during the pandemic, you're like, you are literally faced with like, okay, what matters most to you in this life? And for me and like so many people, it's, it's family, it's family. And that's all I want to be spending my time with at the end of the day. And, and yes, we still share our lives on social media. We will continue to do so, but, um, it will be from the comfort of my home most of the time, <laughs> not globe trotting around the world anymore. We still do that to a degree. Don't get me wrong. We still travel much more than most people, but um, compared to how we used to be, I think the main takeaway is just find, you know, being comfortable by staying, by staying home and, and focusing on what really matters. Um, yeah. And I think that's so wonderful. Um, Cause I I've talked about this, you know, in episodes previous, but I think for me, it was a very similar thing in the sense where I was always a planner. I planned, I had a lot of my plate. I was always a busy bee and it took literally this pandemic to just say, you know what? No, like it's not going to happen today and it wasn't going to happen for a long time. So like a lot of the plans I had to really reevaluate and slow down. Like you said, get into a groove where we're just not focusing on something that's five steps ahead of us, just focusing on what's right in front of you, um, which I think is so important. And that's like one of the biggest takeaways I had, but then also, like you said, just like appreciating the people we're around friends, family, who we surround ourselves with a time that was so isolating um, to be connected to one another. It it was just, it it made you just really appreciate the people in your circles. Um, But yeah, so I think it was just like such a a lovely way to sort of conclude your book on. And also I thought it was a fitting way to sort of end this conversation, but you, um, you know, also you brought up the book tour, the book will be coming out in June, which is exciting. And you also, I read that you're also going to be the creative director um, for a new fashion brand coming out this fall. That's true. I'm glad you caught that. I don't know how you caught that, but I'm glad you did because not many people know about that. And I'm excited to talk about it. Um, yeah, in the fall, we're launching a whole new brand, which is very exciting. We're going to kind of like pivot the focus away from me onto a new, new brand. Um, we're developing our own clothing line. In fact, after this call, I'm going to hop on to talk about our new pieces. Um, and it's going to be at the platform in Culver city here in Los Angeles. We'll also be online as well. It's called Wyeth, W-Y-E-T-H, Wyeth. Amazing. I I can't wait for it to come out. It'll come out in the fall. You said, yep. It'll be open this fall. Perfect. That's exciting. And what was sort of the reasoning for sort of jumping into that? We've always wanted to do something, um, in that vein. I've always wanted to start a new brand that has nothing to do with me, (laughs) has my touch on it, but you know, not my face all over it. Um, kind of similarly to the, my beginning roots of the whole blog, you know, that when we started doing this, I just wanted to like help people shop, not necessarily be the person that's trying it all on. But we had a pop-up shop at Platform in Culver City um, right after we had June back in 2019. 
and it did really well. And our, and our the people at the platform, the owners, they wanted to invest with us in this new brand. And so we put it on pause during COVID, but now here we are. Um, I just, I really like working with people and working on projects that are tangible, um, that I can touch and see and hear and smell that are offline um, and not, you know, not so digital. We will definitely still be on e-commerce, but I'm just really excited to connect with people again, um, especially after the past couple of years and the past 10 years of connecting with them online. So I'm really excited about that. For sure. Well, I can't wait to see like how it all comes together. I think that's so exciting. Um, but JC, like I said, I'm such a fan of, I've always been a fan of everything you've shared uh-huh. online, but I really loved everything you shared in this book. And, you know, I'll be sure to leave all the information and in the episode notes that everybody can, you know, learn more about it and go read it uh, when it comes out in June. Um, but I always love to sort of conclude by asking with this being handling it, has there been a piece of advice or a lesson that you've learned throughout your life, throughout your career, that's really helped you handle your life? Oh my God. There's been so many, like Mm -hmm. so many. Um, I think, I think there's three. Can I share three? Yeah. Yeah. I every like everybody needs advice. So bring it on. Well, I think that they're in different areas, so Mm -hmm. it'll pertain to relationship work and, and self for self breathe, take a big, deep breath. Just always when you're starting to feel yourself get on the ledge or getting riled up or stuck or whatever, literally just take a big breath. It works wonders for your relationship. Both people have to be rowing the boat for it to go in the right direction. Otherwise it'll bump into the shore. One person's rowing faster than the other. It'll go sideways. Both people just need to steadily be rowing the boat. So you both need to be in the boat, i.e. the relationship, and you both need to be participating. And with work, um, so kind of like the boat, <laughs> uh, you got to get on the court. Um, I took this like landmark forum thing many, many, many years ago, and they use this example of being on the sidelines or being a player on the court. So if you want to be in the game, you got to get on the court. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> my three takeaways, I think. <laughs> Well, that's perfect. And like I said, you give a lot more of sort of advice and things that you've learned in the book. And I think it's just going to be, it's such a, you know, a read that's worth it in my oh, opinion. So I that's can't so wait. Nice. To- thank you. <laughs> of course. And I guess then where can people just, you know, a question I'm sure you get asked all the time, where can people uh, follow along with you and find out more about the book? You can always follow me on Instagram. Um, that's where I post the most, uh, JC Dupree. And you can get the book by tapping the link in my bio because I'm sure it will be there for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so go on over and hit that link. <laughs> awesome. Well, JC, thank you so much for coming on. I so appreciate thank it. Thank you. It was so nice talking with you. Thank you. Okay, everybody, I hope you all loved hearing from JC and learning more about liking myself back. If you'd like to find out more about the book or about Damsel and Dior, be sure to check out the link in the episode description. As always, let me know what you thought of our episode. You can reach us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. I will see you in two weeks with a brand new episode, but until then, 
Keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.